Well, good morning, good evening, good afternoon, whatever time it may be, wherever you are. My name is Craig Hagan, and you're listening to Rainbow's Weekly Podcast. I'm sitting here with Tony McKinnon. We call him T-Mac. Uh, we're recording this program on the 8th of July. Just had a wonderful 4th of July weekend shooting fireworks. Tony? No, I watched them, though. Oh, yeah. We, we, we were at the same fireworks. Yeah, same fireworks, different on location. Yeah, yep. On the riverbank, yeah. Yeah, but the bad thing about did you, I, I couldn't hear the the music. Couldn't going. hear the music. Yeah. And then that show has been better. Yeah. I, I see it every year. And, yeah. Yeah, but we did have a good Fourth of July weekend. And, you know, it was wonderful, wonderful time. And you ate crawfish. Yeah, well, after, on the 6th of July. Yeah, or, yeah. You know. yeah. If you're a regular podcast listener, you know I like crawfish, but so does Dr. C. Yeah. I like yeah, I like crawfish as well. I just don't get to Louisiana as much as you do. Yeah, yeah. It seems like every time I turn around, you're in Louisiana. Well, if I, li- if, I was, if I lived down there, I'd be big as the side of a house. Yeah. Yeah. Eat my way from one end of the state to the other. Yeah. Tony likes to eat for it's whatever, big easy. Whatever, whatever reason. And I'm losing weight. That's the wonderful thing about it. Yeah. Wow. So, so you're saying that crawfish makes people lose weight? I didn't gain any eating crawfish, so I think I'm on to something. <laughs> Anyway, on that note, we'd love Tell to we'd love to hear from our listeners. If you'll just send us an email, podcast at rhema.org, or you can like us on Facebook and Instagram, and you can reach out that way um, as well. Now, our number one complaint about our, our show, besides that me and you are not spiritual enough. Not spiritual. This yeah. is definitely not faith seminar of the air. Yeah, that, that's what the complaint was. I yeah. said, we're not as spiritual as my grandfather. Yeah. You know. I mean, I can twiddle my thumbs and everything. So. Yeah, but you know, if people actually really knew my grandfather, they wouldn't. If they knew him as a as a natural person and not from behind the behind the the pulpit, they wouldn't think he's a spiritual. You know? <laughs> and he liked to joke. He liked to cut up. He just didn't do it in public like we do. Yeah. So. yeah. But anyway, our our second complaint is we don't have enough women on the program. And so once again, today, we have Karen Jensen Salisbury here on the program um, with us. And and Karen was a teacher here at Raymond for nine years, Karen? That's right, nine years. Been closely associated with the ministry for a long time. In fact, used to work for Kenneth Hagin Ministry. And in fact, um, maybe one of the books that you have read, that she helped edit those books and put them together for my father or my grandfather um, over the years. And what, what did you say that Sharon's a, a prolific writer? Did I say that? Yeah, I think, yeah, that's I think you're like an editor. Yeah. You're making up stuff. No. Yeah. He's a prolific writer. That's a good word. Yeah. Prolific. Yes. prolific. And so you have a background in writing. And speaking of writing, um, we're going to talk about your newest book called Closer Than You Ever Imagined, Experiencing experiencing the Deep Revelation with God You Always Wanted. The now, Deep Relationship. Oh, relationship. I, I can't. I can't. <laughs> See, I told you. Reading is an optional skill, apparently. <laughs> Not to correct you or anything, right. but Ex- it's about relationship. The deep relationship with God you've always wanted. Once again, I'm not a good reader. <laughs> so that's why I don't read my own book. Um, so anyway, Karen, you were saying that this book came out right before COVID hit? Yeah, it actually came out in January or February of 2020. I had written it in 2019, not knowing at all what we were going to face in 2020. But uh, it, it's turned out to be such a, a a good book for people to read, especially during COVID, you know. When you don't know what's going to happen in the world, you want to find out from the source of, you know, all answers. And so people really wanted to get closer to God during COVID. And I was amazed by his timing in having that book come out. But how do you read a book about closeness if you're supposed to be six feet apart? (laughs) 
I mean, seriously. It's, it's just you in the book, Tony. Yeah. Nobody, no, you, it's okay. You can be six, closer than six yeah. feet to a book. Yeah, yeah. So it is a revelation. You were, revel- you were revelatory that we need to be close <laughs> and not far apart. All right, so, so now how can someone get a copy of your book if they want to um, get a copy? You can go to my website, karensalisbury.org. Uh, you can read the first part of all my books for free there. So, you know, pick the one that, that seems to hit where you're living and read the first part. And, uh, yeah, so that book was, it came because people would say to me all the time, I want to know God like you do, mm. you know. They would say, I want what you have. And, of course, I'm like, well, if you're born again, technically you have what I have, but obviously you don't know that you know mm-hmm. so i i sat down to write a book about it because god wants to be close to us isn't that amazing yes amen the creator of the even, universe even tony wants to be close to tony yes, yes even god likes tony. Crawfish, evidently <laughs> <laughs> yep you know he loves us because he's good not because we are mm, right. and so he's so good yeah so um I, your first chapter is how how i got closer to god so how, how did that happen? Well, I, you know, I, I thought I'd start in about my own relationship because I can't talk about yours, you know, and, and uh, as we talked about in the last program, you know, when I was 37 years old and my husband, my first husband was 37 years old, we were pastoring a church in Boise, Idaho, and he died. He just went to bed one night, hadn't been sick or anything in 1997, New Year's Day, and he passed away. And I you know, here I am. I had, I had a 12 and 13 year old sons. I had to pastor the church by myself. And I just spent hours and hours and hours in the word of God. You know, I always say I like ran my finger down the page like a five year old learning to read. I knew I had to have it as a desperate woman, you know. Mm-hmm. And guess what I found out is that when you draw near to him, he, he draws near to you. You know, he wants to be as close as you want to be. And so I, I always call that the worst time of my life because of everything that happened, but also the best time of my life because I got so much closer to God. And the interesting part about it is when that happens to some people, people draw away from God or they blame God for, you know, this happening. And, you know, yeah. you know people will say, well, God, why would you take my husband and all, all these kind of things? And I'm sure those questions probably did arise. And, yeah. and the point is, whenever we're facing a situation that we don't have an answer for, that's when we need to get closer to God and let God speak to us. Well, it, it really is the posture you take in those times. I mean, even in my own life, looking back, put down the deepest roots. Uh, into the word, into my relationship with God in the darkest time. Yeah, like they say, the fruit is born in the valley, not on the mountaintops, right? Uh, And everybody has had trauma and things happen to them, but it's what you do. And, of course, when you you draw near to God, there he is with the answers. None of these things catch him by surprise like they do us. You know, he's never once made the home alone face going, I didn't see that coming, you know. He did say the children of Israel surprised him. In a couple of places, you know, I never, never dreamed that you would be that stupid. Anyway. But you know, and that's something I, we talk about too. You know, going to this "quote unquote" COVID world. I mean, that didn't catch God by surprise that all this no. was going to happen and, and the world was going to go into chaos in 2020. Because, and it's you know, we being United States citizens, I mean, we we think it's only the U.S., but it's all over the world. Right. I mean, you know, obviously we're you know we have schools all over the world. We closely monitoring what's happening all over the world, you know, and it's not just in, in the U.S. It's all, all over the world. And, and in fact, well, we just heard a news about the Tokyo Olympics. Yeah, you know, yeah. Once again. this morning, they're not going to allow any spectators at the Olympics in Japan because of their COVID. Wow, numbers. I didn't know that. Yes. 
And then I just heard that South Get your news first right here. Right yeah. here. Yeah. Well, South Africa is just locking down again. And, yeah. I, and I guess they're threatening people with six months in prison for going to church uh. is, is what I understand, according to a tweet I read. Now, I, 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 <laughs> you know, so. I won't mention the tweet I read, although I've. I mean, I don't, you know, I just want to let you know. Of course, the bad thing about it is we can't get news from reliable sources anymore because sources are not reliable. Yeah. And so, you know, people want to wonder, well, you know, you have all these obscure places you're getting the news from. But, well, it's because that we can't, we can't, I mean, mainstream media doesn't always tell us the truth. You know, and, and I did find out, according to Facebook here a couple of days ago, all my friends are extremists. <laughs> You've been warned. No, actually, I didn't get, I didn't get the warning. And so I mean, one of my friends all said, you know, it is interesting. Everyone's got the warning besides me. And then I started wondering, am I the extremist? Are you the one? <laughs> <laughs> What's the common denominator yeah. here? So, no, I, I did not get warned. Maybe because I don't post a lot of stuff on Facebook that some of my friends post. Yeah. But all my every pretty much most of the people that are real close friends have all got their warning. Um, <laughs> so, um, I it is, but you know what? It's it's interesting because we're called extremists because we love God, and we love the country. Yeah, and I, I think that's you know that doesn't sound like extreme to me, you know, but you know it's just if I'm being closer to God, then you know anything about religion, people call it extreme. And I, yeah. I think that's that's pretty extreme. But but I guess the Bible tells us that in the last days that we would go through these kind of things and people persecute us for the Bible's sake and yep. things like that. So it's just really the days that we're living in. And so I think it's, you know, ironic God's timing or whatever that this book came out right before COVID because it just seems when things begin to shake our world, that's when we need to draw closer to God. Absolutely. You know, and, and I think about um, September the 12th, um, 2011. It was a Wednesday night, the day after September 11th. Now, um, if anyone's ever came to Wednesday night service. 2001. Sorry, 2001. Yes, yeah. yes. <laughs> I was thinking about that. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> September 12th, 2001. Yeah. I, I, we're getting old. <laughs> um, Did I miss that? That's 20 years ago. But but anyway, we're coming up on 20th anniversary. But rem- I remember September the 12th. It was a Wednesday night. Me too. And um. Here at Rainbow Bible Church, we never opened the balcony on Wednesday but that night. Day. But that day, the balcony, you know, had a lot of people in the balcony. And, you know, it wasn't completely full, but, but it was comfortably full. And, you know, the thing about it is, is when things rock their world, people want to come closer to God. And, you know, COVID's rocked our world, you know, over, over the last year and a half. And um, it's been a time to get closer to God. But now it is interesting because it seems like as we start drawing near to God, then we're called extremists. We're called, you know, radical or whatever, you know, because it, you know, the Bible tells us to fear not, but mainstream media and the government's been telling us to have fear, you know, but, you know, I, I always say, well, the Bible says that God has not given us a spirit of fear. So if God hasn't given it to us, it has to be come from the devil himself. So anyway, but um, it is interesting how fear has dominated the media fears dominated the world. And, and I, during COVID, I think I preached six messages against fear. And every time it seems like we we're kind of getting over a situation, then they would try to bring more fear again. And, you know, but, you know, fear isn't from God. Right. And, um, you know, and there is so much fear. And now they're trying to bring more fear again. And, you know, and, and I am sorry, I do realize that, that people have, you know, have died and have got sick from COVID. And, and, I, and I feel bad. But, 
you know, Jesus Christ took the stripe on his back and by his stripes we were healed of every disease, every sickness that will ever come to mankind, including COVID-19, cancer, whatever, whatever it might be. Even the Delta variant is all covered through the stripes of Jesus Christ. And I think during this time that we need to um, be closer to God. So, you know, we're talking about how you had a situation that rocked your world. Your your husband passed away. I mean, just unexpectedly. I mean, you just, he didn't wake up. Right. You know, and, you know, and I, I know a lot of people that have gone through a similar situation, not necessarily maybe their husband died, but, but a, a situation where they can't explain. And a lot of them for a time or a season moved away from God. Yeah. You know, because but that's the time you need him most. You know, it's definitely not. I, I People always said to me, oh, you were so strong, Karen, you stayed with God. I'm thinking, you know, I might not be the sharpest knife in the drawer. But this did not seem like a good time. You know, I had to raise teenage boys, pastor a church by myself, get over the death of my husband. Seemed like a good time to lean into the power. And the other side about it is what you did also, I said, especially affected your kids. Yeah. And expected, you know, the whole church. I'm sure, you know, the whole church was devastated. Yeah. And the way you responded, you know, had had a lot of impact on a lot of people, um, you know, more than, than just you. Yeah. You know, and so your next chapter is what God did to bring you know, what God did to bring you closer. Yeah, and really, you know, that's what the whole book is about. I had one of my launch team members reading it, and when they were done, they said, "I thought it was going to be a step one, step two. You know, here's how you should get what you should do to get closer to God." And he said, "But most of it was about what God did to get closer to me. Mm-hmm. You know, He started this great love affair between us. He, you know, He so loved the world that He sent Jesus." And so when you realize what God has done for us in Jesus Christ, what's not to love? You know, this isn't a you should serve God, you should love God message. This is a he loves you so much. You want to get closer to this, you know. And when you're closer to him, think about it. You're closer to provision. You're closer to healing. You're closer to answers. You're closer to wisdom. You know, it's just the place to be. Yeah. Your next chapter says, look at you now. Look Uh, at you now. It's about who you are in Christ now. This is where you are seated in heavenly places far above COVID-19 and every other thing that wants to make you afraid. You know, you have all the rights and privileges. Jesus said in Luke 10, 19, I gave you the power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Man, we need to all be stomping around and saying that all day long, right? And I think that's something that you you do bring up. You know, a lot of times that we pray that God will do something. Right. You know, when God says you need to do something, I've given you the power. I've given you the authority. And that at the name of Jesus, that, that, that demons will have to tremble at the mention of his name. But 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 it's up to us, you know, not up to him. You know, I I know that Jesus did everything he can do. And then he left it up to us. He's not going to die on the cross again for you to heal you. Yeah. It's already all been done. He's not going to die on the cross again to save you. It's already been done. We already have it, you know. And again, that's why we need to press into him to read. I I always say, if you hear nothing else I said today during this podcast, remember this, read your Bible every day. (laughs) It seems very basic, but I'm telling you, that's where the answers are. That's God talking to you. That's how you keep the fear at bay and keep the covenant, what belongs to you, active in your life every day. Well, like we used to teach the children in children's church. I don't know if they still do. Read your Bible, pray Pray every every day, day. and And you you grow, 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 
crow. Mm. <laughs> I hope they do. It's a great song. <laughs> yeah. Now, actually speaking of songs, you know, some people said that they, they learned the Bible song from you. I'm the one. Yeah. Yes. Well, you know, I taught children's ministry for 21 years. And so we used to teach that, you know, the books of the Bible song, both yeah. Old Testament and New. And so I knew when I took over Old Testament survey from Cooper that that you had to memorize the books of the Bible. And the easiest way to do that is with a song, right? So I debated whether or not to bring a kid's song into a grown-up's class, but it turned out to be the coolest thing that I did, you know? I mean, now everybody is singing it and teaching it to their kids. And one day, Tad said in a faculty meeting that he he referenced Habakkuk. Everybody turned to Habakkuk chapter 3 or something, and he heard this humming in the background. He's like, what is that noise? Oh, they're all singing the song <laughs> so they can find Habakkuk in the Bible. That is interesting. I, I never learned the Old Testament books like that, but we had a Methodist pastor that taught us little kids the New Testament books. And to this day, I rattle them off in my yeah, head. Yeah, you know? me too. It's how yeah. I know them. Yeah. Sometimes I'll spring it on the New Testament survey class. And I'll leave the Old Testament to you. <laughs> I did both in Old Testament survey. I thought, well, as long as we're singing and we got a guitar here, let's just go all the way through. Yeah, I learned a New Testament song, but it wasn't until later on that I did hear the Old Testament song. I'm not sure that I, I learned all the books of the Bible, um, you know, but I used to have my, an index Bible that, that helped oh, yeah. you, that, that helped me find some you know books whenever I didn't know. Well, I use the phone, you know, in church and I spin that like the wheel of fortune getting to the, you know, <laughs> well, well, you, you know, actually I will say the the thing that's helped me the most about remembering the Bible is um, a digital Bible because um, used to, I had a Bible and I'm like, okay, I know that there's something in Corinthians that I wanted to talk about, you know, or I was, you know, I'm preaching it and all of a sudden it comes to me, the, the scripture in Corinthians. I can't remember it's first Corinthians, second Corinthians. Can't remember, you know, but I know it's on this side, left side of the right, right. side of the page. I know where it's on and I know right. I have it highlighted. So, you know, I mean, I don't know how many times I'm preaching. I'm, I'm, I'm flipping pages, you know, boom, 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 boom. Looking for it. Looking for it. Now that I, I preach with my digital Bible and very seldom have a, a, a real Bible, I got to know it's first Corinthians, it's second Corinthians. I got to know where it's at, you know, because if I don't know, um, and there, there's a lot of times that I'll pull scriptures up that weren't in my notes. And so I just got to know where it's found. And so it's actually been the best tool for me to learn the Bible or learn exactly, you know, we, we all can quote scriptures, but the you, address, the address, yeah, do, yeah. do you know yeah. where that scripture yep. is? Because, you know, um, I, I was talking to someone one, one day and I quoted a scripture and I said, well, where's that found? I'm like, <laughs> in the, yeah, in the, uh, the New Testament? Where, where in the New Testament? Um, I can't remember Galatians, Ephesians. I mean, you know, it's like one of those, you know, I was able to find it. But, but um, you know, there, there are certain scriptures we know, certain scriptures we don't. And so, you know, and, and it, but it is interesting, uh, a tool like learning the Bible song, yep. you, know, you know, and I don't know if they're still teaching it today. I don't think so. It's very it. sad. Well, that's how we learned the, yeah. the multiplication tables when I was in school. Oh. We played the record. And we sang it. And See? I still, to this day, in my head, I will sing it through till I get to the one I'm, I'm doing arithmetic. My, yeah. yeah. It's, there, it's a such a useful song. tool. Yeah. Really? Like yeah. What, one times one is two? <laughs> yeah. yeah I mean, we were like, you know, the big CDs, you know, records. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. You're old. <laughs> it is interesting. Um, we're actually, after our 4th of July service this weekend, and um, we're talking about the preamble to the Constitution. And so... I was in the back room with my kids, and they're talking about the Schoolhouse Rock song. I said, "Well, I learned it from Schoolhouse Rock." Very good, you know. And so that's that's how I remember. Wow. 
you know, I don't know if you guys remember Schoolhouse Rock at yeah. all. But, I do. Yeah, but that's how I remembered the preamble to the Constitution and um, about the bill on Capitol Hill, you know. and you know, So I learned a lot of civics through Schoolhouse Rock. Very good. You know, and if you want to catch that up, it, it's on, it's on um, YouTube now. I actually have, have seen some of their Schoolhouse Rock things on YouTube. So, um, like I said, I, I guess you're, I said, look at your now. So, so look at who you are in Christ Jesus is what you're, what you're saying. Yes, exactly. Our look rights what, and privileges. Look what you have and look what that makes you. You're, you're not, you're a new creature. Think about it. There's two kinds of people on the planet today, you know, new creatures and ones who are still waiting to become new creatures. And that means we have everything in us. Like that song, everything he is, he is in me. Yeah. You know, we have it all. And, you know, my grandfather always said that the number one reason why people do not get their needs met, mainly for healing is what he's talking about in the book that I read, um, is because they don't know the word. Yeah. And so you're talking about reading the word. I mean, we don't know who we are in Christ Jesus if we don't read right. and find out who we are in Christ Jesus. So I, I think a lot of times we need to find out what the Bible says about us. You know, and a lot of times that we're maybe we're too lazy or whatever. You know, we, we want to get the quote unquote cliffs notes or, or whatever, you know, like we used to have in. In school, you know, we, we want the, the notes, not your cliff. Not that cliff. Yeah. No. But, but the we, short version. You want the short version. In fact, isn't there, there's a, there's a website now you can get the short version of any book or something like that. Um, Probably. Yeah. I mean, I, they, I've, I hear it advertised on, you know, all these business books and said you can get the 15 minute version um, if you go to some website or whatever. But we all want the shortcut. Yeah. You know, but. It is interesting. We don't know our rights and privileges. And, and you know, if we're really going to get closer to God, we got to know what, what, what are our benefits? You know, the Old Testament says, forget not all his benefits. Right. And so what are those benefits? And, and you know, and so like I said, your next chapter is amazing love. Um, amazing love. I mean, God is amazing. You know, and again, it's uh, our Christian walk is meant to be in response to his great love for us. And I find that, like when I preach on love, it, it covers so many people's problems. You know, you could spend a year preaching on all the different things that people need, or you could preach on love and it covers all of them. Because, you know, God is love. Everything he does for us and toward us is based on his love. And when you know that, you know, in First John it says, know and believe the love. I'm convinced that most Christians just don't really know that they know that they know how perfectly loved they are by the Most High God. It changes your life. Well, and it's got to be um, revelation. You've got to have yes. that knowledge. Um, maybe not. It's, this may be a sore subject for some listeners, but um, I had a conversation with a pastor just a couple of weeks ago and and um, helped succinctly more put it into words something that's been bothering me lately. Um and uh, you think about our worship music, and uh, some of our older worship songs is much more uh, worship. I love you, Lord. You know, I worship you. So many of our newer songs is all about how much he loves us, yeah. which is something we need to know, but it's almost gotten to the point like we're insecure children. You, you love me, right? You, you love me. Don't you love me, Lord? You love me, right? And so there's a two-way thing there. We need to have that that settled, that he loves us, and then everything we do is response to that yeah. because we love him. Yeah. Uh, so it's kind of a little fine line there. And, uh, anyway. 
Well, of course, obviously, we, we know in Romans chapter 8, it says that nothing or no thing can yeah. separate us from the love of God. That's right. You know, because, you know, so which means that sin cannot separate us from the love of God. God loves us in spite of our mistakes, in spite of things that we do. I know a lot of ministers might not preach that. And so that's why they're like, does God really love me? Yeah. You know, and then they think if something bad happens, it's because God didn't love me. And so I had a, you know, obviously the insurance company says an act of God happened, you know, but it's not, God loves us, you know, and, and sometimes I, I always joke, I said, you know, God loves more than a cheerful giver because people always, you know, oh, God loves a cheerful giver. God loves you whether you give or not. Yes. <laughs> you know, God loves you w- w- whether you obey his commands or not. I mean, and I know as a, as a parent, you know, we can all relate. It doesn't, it wouldn't matter what any of our kids ever did. Now, there is some things might disappoint us. I mean, my kids have disappointed me many times. Sure, we're not pleased. Yeah, with we're everything. pleased with them, but yeah. there's nothing that they could do to keep me from loving right. them. Right. You know, in, in trying my best to help them in any kind of situation, and you know, we need to understand that God's love is greater than than man's love. Yeah. And so, if me, you know, if I can love my children that way, then how much more can God love me? And uh, you know, and I, I think that there's so much. You know, I don't know if it's false teaching. I don't know if it's just, you know, just thinking it. We think, well, you did this and God's not pleased with you. You know, well, yeah, maybe he's not pleased with me, but he still loves me. Absolutely. You know, and, and you know, I always say this. If I was the only person in the world, which kind of would be kind of a crazy world for me to be only, I still believe that Jesus would have died on the cross just yes. for me. You know, and it, even go, going back, you know, when... when you know, they're arguing with God. Well, well if, we can, if we can find one Christian or if we can find 10 Christians or if we can find, you know, yeah. whatever, you know, would you save the city? You know, and it's it, you know, interesting that God loves us. And that's, that's the, whole, the whole key of the New Testament is John yeah. three sixteen. For God so loved the world that he gave. Yeah. And God's continuing to give to his children and, and wants to see his children blessed. It doesn't matter what's going on in the world. And I, I think that a lot of times we're swayed by by what's going on in yeah. our natural world. And, you know, the Bible talks about that things in the natural world are not going to get better. They're going to get worse. You know, it talks about famines and floods and yeah. all, all these kind of things, pestilence. And, and it says that even even people that we think are right on will, will fall away, you know. But, you know, it's, it's up to us to, to persevere and, and to, to keep going, you know. And it, it does say that, in the last days, there'll be a huge revival, and I believe that we're moving in those last days. That that you know, even as we see bad things happening, I think among the church, as we start drawing closer to God, we're going to see miraculous things taking place. You know, because we stand and believe. You know, the next chapter is God's heart, which obviously you know we can't talk about that right now. I mean, yeah, you know. God's heart, of course, is for people. Yeah, you know, His heart is for sinners. His heart is to win people, you know, to tell them the good news about Jesus. And so once you get closer to him, you start manifesting, you start acting like him. You know what I mean? Then it's not going out and witnessing to get a notch on your salvation belt. It's going out and having the heart for people that God has a heart for. And I see a lot of people who try to witness and it's all about where you're going to hell. Well, that's not a good, that's not good news. No. I mean, you know, (laughs) you know, and people don't, you know, we need to start loving them into the kingdom of God instead of you know, telling everybody, you know, what happens is a lot of times is we already get them defensive before we talk to them about yeah. Jesus. And, you know, and, and it really bothers me. I, I watched a guy that got arrested one day. Um, he was, I was in, I was, I was in Newport beach, California. Actually, I was rollerblading, um, on Newport beach, just enjoying my, my time. And 
Um, I was there with him. David Kramer, Pastor David Kramer, he wasn't pastor at the time, worked for, worked for me. And we had stopped for a, um, you know, we were rollerblading for a while. We stopped, you know, and got something to drink or whatever. And there was a street preacher preaching, you know, so I'm like, oh, let's see what this guy says. Well, he has started saying, well, you know, if you're this, you're going to hell. If you're Muslim, you're going to hell. And pretty soon that he, he got on somebody's religion who happened to be there. And then they started a, you know, you know, going at it verbally. And then it almost like it's going to be physically. And, and there was a police officer there that basically broke it up and told the guy to move on. Yeah. And so then I'm thinking, you know, that guy probably comes there every day. I wonder how many people he actually wins to, toward the kingdom, you know, because everything he preached w- was was damnation and and hate, you know. But 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 we need to talk about that God loves us. You know, in spite of what we've done, God still loves us and he cares about us. And, you know, he, he loves it because right now people are hurting. Yeah. Um, you know, there's a lot of hurting people that, I mean, there's, there's people who, who've lost their jobs, who's, you know, you know, lost family members and, yeah. and all kinds of things and they're hurting. They don't know what to do. And that's when we, as I said, we need to know how much God loves us and he cares about us and we're going to make it no yes. matter what. So your next chapter is quality time. Quality time. This is kind of the rubber meets the road chapter. You know, I'm kind of a how-to girl and I talk a lot in the book. The way to get closer to God, of course, is to spend time with him, right? How did you get to where you recognize the voice of your sweetheart or your best friend? You spent time with them, right? And I just believe that a daily devotional time with God is absolutely vital for survival in these days because like you were talking about, there's so much fear and there's so much stuff going on around us that we need daily infusions of what God says instead of what the world says. So that chapter is just kind of a skeleton. People ask me all the time, what do you do for your daily devotional? You know, so I just kind of wrote down five steps of things that I do. And it's not like you have to do that. In fact, if you do, you don't want it to become rote. You want it to stay fresh in your relationship with God. But it's just kind of an idea of something to do because some people don't know where to start. You know, where do I start in getting to know God better? What, where, where is he? Well, he's in his word. That's him talking to you, you know? And so that, that chapter kind of goes through a, a skeleton of how to maybe build your own daily devotional time. So you're not saying that they should follow somebody's because most people like, okay, you need to follow this step or follow that step. You're trying to say, you know, this is what I do, but you need to, you know, this is how I commune with God, but maybe you do it differently. Yes, absolutely. And maybe you do it in the morning. Maybe you do it in the night. Maybe you have to do it at lunch hour. Maybe, you know what? I mean, people have crazy schedules and life happens, you know, and it it seems like a lot of people almost have the the notion that in order to speak to God, you got to do it at five in the morning or six (laughs) o'clock in the morning. And I'm like, you don't, you know, but that's not the case. I mean, I mean, God's with their, if it's nighttime, morning time, it does matter. I mean, I, I keep different hours than most people, you know, you know, five in the morning, I'm probably not going to get up and pray with you. You know, if you want to pray at midnight, I, I'm, I'm down with that. <laughs> you're I mean, there. Yeah. But you're probably sleeping at midnight, you know, so, but you know, it's, everybody has their own schedule. And, right. But the point is, is we need to spend time with God. Like, like one person I heard say, God doesn't even want to talk to me early in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> so was that actually reference towards you <laughs> no no this this guy this this particular pastor said that oh. talking along these same lines yeah he says god doesn't well because because i i remember back my college days and stuff and there were a group of people they were getting up at 6 a.m and it was almost like people were almost putting you under condemnation if you didn't want to get up at 6 a.m and pray with them and i'm like well i don't <laughs> So, I mean, yeah. so stuff it. I mean, you know, I don't care. I mean, you know, I mean, you know, they're thinking I'm not spiritual because I don't want to pray at six o'clock in the morning. I'm like, it's just not me. 
I was just interviewing a, a well-known worship leader who was saying he tried back in the day to follow, like, I don't know if you guys remember Larry Lee, and no, he had that kind of, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that program, exactly. which is a great program, you know, and especially for getting started. But he said he tried it, and pretty soon it got drier and drier and drier, you know, and what, when he realized, I'm here to fellowship with the God within me, you know, I'm here to know something. Think about when you fell in love with your sweetheart. What did you want to do? You wanted to spend time with them. This is not a have to, you know, this is a get to. How do I get to know you better, baby? I spend time with you, you know, and it's just like that with God. It didn't matter if it was inconvenient. Hello. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, You did it anyway, didn't Mm -hmm. you? Yeah. And that's, and that, that's how you build a relationship. If you want a relationship with God, you go after him, you know, you, you want to be with him. So you mean we need to pursue God? Well, yeah. You know, I mean, you need to take the time, make the time in your life because we're so busy, aren't we? And there's just so much information coming at us all the time. There's something in the world wants to take up every second of the airtime in your brain. Yes. Oh, my gosh. You know, we're so busy, but anything that you want to do, you find time to do. You make time for. That's right. You know, there are some people that that are addicted to working out and they find time. You know, whatever. Crawfish, they find time. Yeah. Well, (laughs) I mean, you know, and that's uh, the whole premise of of DVR are now just on demand TV or, or whatever. Okay. Well, I can't watch that program when it aired, but, but I can watch it whenever on my, my convenience or, or, or you right. know, so you find time if for you what's want, important, for what's important. Yeah. And, and the thing is, is how much quality time do you spend with God compared to how much quality time do you spend with your computer video game slash whatever, whatever it is. I mean, you yeah. Know, and I don't even like thinking of it that way because everybody ends up feeling guilty. You know yeah. what I mean? But instead, uh, I, I don't feel guilty. Okay, except for you. But you know, instead of comparing how much time you're spending with this versus that, you know, it's more of a just I so look forward to those times when I'm soaking in God's presence. Isn't it amazing that the Creator of the universe wants to be known by little old me? You know, what a blessing. Yeah. yeah. So your last chapter, chapter seven, is living the ultimate life. Because really, life with Jesus is the ultimate life, isn't it? I mean, he's given us all things that pertain to life and godliness. There's nothing left for him to do. He's done it all. You know, this is the ultimate life. Everybody seems to be looking for the ultimate life. I found it. (laughs) It's life in Jesus. You know, and and people think, well, if I had this kind of money or that kind of house or whatever, that would be the ultimate life. But even if you see, a lot of times it's interesting, someone who's very, very wealthy, that once they obtain the wealth, once they, you know, once they become you know, CEO of some multinational corporation, they're still lonely. Yeah. And and you realize, and I've actually, you know, that a lot of times what they do, then they started, they start starting these foundations to help mankind. Cause well, if I help people, yeah, th- th- then I'll be happy. You know, it's good to help people. Nothing wrong with helping people, but, but ultimately you need to find God. There's a God shaped vacuum inside yeah. of every person. Yep. And, and so, you know, and, and it is good. Obviously, you know, one thing God wants us to do is help people. And, that, and that's sure. good as well. But and so but they think of, if I help humanity, I'll, I'll, I'll feel I'll, I'll, I'll feel this emptiness. But yeah. there's something that can't fill it unless, unless you know God. And it's a whole lot easier to live life with God. And then, you know, there's so much uncertainty in this world. I mean, I mean, I, I always think, man, if I didn't know what I knew then I don't know how to make it right. you know, when I'm going through this situation. I mean, you know, like I said, if you didn't know what you knew about God, you know, how would you have got through that when your husband just suddenly, right. you know, dies? I don't know um, how people live without him. Yes. And, and so, I mean, I, you know, I, I think that's, that's the, 
I mean, I, that's indescribable. I can't. I don't. I don't know how to describe living without God. I mean, I, I mean, that would, you know, not having a knowing on the inside that everything's going to be okay. Yeah. You know, because I can trust Him through any kind of situation, and, and I'm I'm never going to end up quote unquote home alone. You know, you know, uh, we all know the movie. Um, you know, but because I'm never alone, it says that Jesus will never leave me nor forsake me. Yeah. And, and you know, I always go back to Andre Crouch's song that Jesus is the answer, and I always think about yes. that and everything. You know, any kind of question I have, Jesus is the answer. That's right. And so, you know, whatever it might be, and, and there have been a lot of questions over the last year and a half. You know, why is this happening or whatever? But you know what, Jesus is the answer, and ultimately everything's going to work out if you turn to Him. And your relationship with God is is very important. I think even more in this time. Um, so, you know, not only this, you've written a number of books. You said you can get these on your website. Right. Um, KarenSalisbury.com. Dot org. Dot org. Mm-hmm. Um, can you get them on, on Amazon? Yeah, absolutely. They're on Amazon. Really, you can get them from Barnes, Barnes, Barnes a Million. Uh, no, Barnes and Noble, Books a Million, any, yeah. um, any, any place you can find. Books. That's right. And so I, I'm assuming there are also e-books are available. Yep. e-books and audio books. And no, yeah. you're on iBook. Yes. I guess so. Yes. Yeah. Is that a see, thing? See, Craig likes Kindle. I like iBooks. Okay. Yeah, see, well, I'm a um, Kindle person. Can, can I tell you the reason that you should have Kindle over iBooks? And well, it won't matter to you anyway. But, but um, <laughs> He's going to ignore you, but go ahead. Well, no, it would matter to some people. You happen to be in the Apple world and will probably always be in the Apple world. But there are some people that start out you know, in one thing and they, they change to, oh, a, yeah. they change to a different, you know, brand, a brand or whatever. And if you have Kindle, you, you can, you can use an, an, you know, an Apple product or you can, an Android product or whatever. That's why Kindle is better. I learned this cause I'm in the marketing. And so, I mean, I'm like, well, how can we sell more, more books on the Kindle than we do on the iBooks? And that's because you can use across it all cr- all across all platforms. Yeah. In fact, when I was reading about that, they were saying, you know, you definitely want to be on the Amazon platform because the Kindle platform is available on all the things where, yeah. where iBooks are, are not, on, at least they weren't. I don't know if they, you know, in fact, that's why Apple iTunes finally started releasing other platforms because they wanted to, you know, you know, so any, any any platform you're on, if you have Kindle, you can use that. True. Um, although I'm still going to stick with iBooks, but you, you're all right. I I have bought a number of iBooks as well. Just want to just for the record, I don't want you know someone if someone wants somehow taps into my my account, which some people do all the time. That I have bought a ton of books on iBooks. So so Tony, you're not wrong, but but I'm probably never going to get away from the Apple environment because I like Apple Apple yeah. computers and Apple products and. Just because I'm just pro Apple, not pro what Apple represents. I just like their stuff. Okay, so don't write us any letters or, or emails or, or whatever. So, you know, it is interesting because the, the things that people never really knock is Apple and Starbucks, and both of them are left wing organizations. I've heard some way. knocking. Well, you know, people ha- don't buy it, or whatever. yeah, that doesn't stop them from buying yeah. it. That's I'm, for sure. I mean, I've heard people get mad about it, but I've never, you know. <laughs> I know a lot of ministers that really love their Starbucks coffee and, and their iPhones, you know, and so you know, they might, might not like what they stand for, but they keep buying their product and stuff. So, and, you know, they're like, they might knock Disney, but, you know, they still watch Mickey Mouse or whatever it might yep, be. Yep. You know, and it is what it is. I mean, you know, um, if you want the coffee, buy it. If you don't, buy coffee somewhere else. If, if you know, um, That's what's wonderful about Freedom. Yeah. Yeah. Freedom. And so I happen to like the the Apple products and, but Kindle is the better, the better thing. So now you said are all your, all your books available on audio as well. I mean, yes, you know, I think we're, the we're, one about decisions is not audio yet, but the rest right. of them are. And, uh, 
and they're all in, available in in ebook form. Yes, which um, is the way to go now, according to people that tell me that. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, a lot of people. I, I like holding a book myself. Me too. Um, but I do know this that even like throwing this in my because I use a backpack when I travel, not not a briefcase. I actually had a briefcase got stolen one time because then I'm like people don't realize that a backpack doesn't you know has my computer and things like that. I, I, it was actually a computer bag, it wasn't a real briefcase. It was a computer bag, so I started carrying my computer in a backpack. Yeah. So people think I'm a little kid, you know, carrying a backpack. Um, but books do get kind of heavy because I used to remember I, I, was, I always carried a concordance, I mean, you know, you know, a strong concordance and a dictionary and all kinds of stuff back in the day. Now that's carry my yeah i definitely like the kindle for traveling you can take 165 books with you and it doesn't weigh anything yeah anyway you know we would be amiss not talking about rainbow bible training college i said you were where she learned to write books yeah absolutely yeah and so you know maybe you are interested in getting closer to god you know but a good place to find out about god and about getting closer to him is rainbow bible training college rbtc.org and and i just encourage you to, to go to our website um or read all the information maybe if you you feel maybe you are led to, to go into ministry or just want to learn more about the word of god or maybe it's not you maybe you have a kid a grandkid a friend a neighbor a loved one Someone you don't like, you know, maybe, maybe you wanted to get them out of your town. So just, no, I'm just kidding. Um, rbtc.org. If you'll just go there, give us your information. Um, and, and we'll have one of our student ambassadors give you a call and talk to you more about Rama. So if they want to get in contact with you, they can go to your website, karensalsbury.org. That's right. And now what if they want to book you for, you you do travel, right? If if there's a lot of pastors listening to our podcast, maybe they want to, you know, have you at their church. That'd be great. Um, you can just go to the website and there's an invite Karen tab that tells you the whole, everything you need to know. So speaking of that, I, I, this question I like to ask you know people. Um, so during this COVID thing, did, did you do a lot of virtual services and things like that? I did do quite a bit. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. I was in Greece and I was in Quebec and I was in Austria. Yeah, you get around when you have to, when you do everything by Zoom. And so so <laughs> I just wonder if that will continue because I did a, I mean, I did a, I did a conference in, in Kenya, not Kenya, I did a conference in Nigeria you know, um, virtually yeah. and things and virtually, yeah, virtually really... I was in the studio, but, but, um, but I mean, it's kind of interesting. And I know like, especially like, um, Tony cook, um, told me there was some time he goes, well, tomorrow I'm going to be, and there was like two different locations and different time zones. Yeah. And he, I'm going to preach in here and preach in there tomorrow. Yeah. And so it's kind of, a, I know it's a different world. And so I, I just wondered when talking to traveling ministers on, on, you know, that kind of, that kind of thing. So. Yeah, it is very cool. I mean, it really uh, avails us to, you don't have to get on a plane and travel for hours and all that. You just show up on a Zoom time and, and be able to preach the word, which is wonderful. Now, I guess one good thing about Minneapolis, you probably can fly to more places than you can in Tulsa, right? Without, it's a, without yeah, stopping. It's a fav, fairly major airport. Yes, much larger. You have to get there much earlier. <laughs> for, for a traveling minister out of Tulsa, Every place you go, almost every place you go, you have to stop over somewhere. You can't to, get there from here. Yeah, de- depending on what what company you fly with. I mean, I, I don't. I, I remember one time we were we were in Dallas, Texas, and we were flying American Airlines and go through Dallas almost everywhere we went. And I was, I'm complaining to my grandfather. I'm like, you know what? If we would have never moved our ministry out of Dallas, I would be home now. <laughs> but now I have to sit two hours here in Dallas, you know, and wait for my plane to go to Tulsa. And wait for the 45 minute flight. Yeah. So. So, you know, it is interesting. Some, you know, some of the perils of, of traveling from Tulsa, Oklahoma. Yep. It's not always, not always the easy thing. Um, 
fact, sometimes it's almost just worth driving, you know, which I've done a number of times um, because by the time I got there, got to the airport early, got to the place, picked up my rental car and stuff, I could almost driven there for the yeah. time. In fact, one time I flew to St. Louis and my plane was delayed. And it was a straight through flight. That, um, Southwest actually flies was also St. Louis straight through, but it was delayed and all that stuff. And I, I figured it out. I could have driven to St. Louis before I got yeah. there on yeah. Southwest Airlines. And the, I said, next time I'm driving, I'm, I'm driving, you know, it's about six hours or so from, from here. Anyway, Karen, well, it's good to, first of all, have you on the program. It was also good to have a woman on the program. So please, um, <laughs> you know, if, if you happen to be one of the people that have been griping about not having women, please make sure they listen share to this, this podcast. Yeah. Yeah, share there this podcast with, with all, all your friends. And, and we'll have you on um, again sometime. And it's also, oh, tell us about, you have a podcast as well. Tell us about that. I do. It's called Elevate the Day. I co-host it with the wonderful Jennifer Cavello. And you can find us on all the um, podcast platforms. We are there. Yes. And um, we asked her if she's on Podbean. She has no clue. Doesn't I have no idea. Yeah. What can I say? Yeah. And you can you can hear our podcast on all the different platforms, including Podbean, <laughs> as well as Ghana, G-A-A-N-A, India's number one streaming site. And so, um, we are hot in, in India. India. Yeah, it was hotter than curry. Yeah. <laughs> That's a lie. But anyway... <laughs> Once again, we're glad to you know glad you could come and thanks and, for um, having me. You know, I, I said we we a couple weeks ago. I'm like, I, I told Tony to reach out and find out when she was in town next. And if you listen to the last podcast, um, Karen actually lives in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Uh, most times, she still has a place here in Tulsa, but she's there more more than she's here, and so she's not always in town. So it's good that that you were here in town, you know and and we're glad to have you on the program. It was great to be here. Amen. Well, once again, for you guys, we're, we, we, we thank you for listening to our podcast. And please share it with your friends. And like I said, let them know that we do have a, a woman on the program, right? <laughs> Amen. Well, here at Raymond, we're bringing hope, hope help, help, and, and healing, healing to, to the, the world. world. God bless you guys. You have a wonderful day. We'll talk to you later.